I've got a question for you as we begin today. Who here likes to wait? Oh, good to see. If any hands went up, I would have, I'd be already going liar. Like, um, none of us like to wait. And the thing is, we've actually grown, grown more impatient, um, with, I suppose, the instantaneous world that we live in. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, like, none of us really like to wait. And there's so many different ways we can wait. I remember, um, wouldn't it have been long after, maybe just before and just after Tessa was born, um, we lived, um, right, um, at a suburb called Jamboree Heights. And it was not far off the end of the Centenary Highway. The thing was, I had to travel down the Centenary Highway to get over to Springfield and where I worked as a chaplain. The problem is, if I was late by 10 minutes of the time I needed to go, it could actually take me an extra 45 minutes. So I don't believe so I could mystic traffic, and then same thing could happen in the afternoon. But in, and the thing is, Rocky's not too bad uh, in regards to traffic, because like... And some of you may have lived here all your life might complain about it, but when you have to wait an hour in traffic in Brisbane, like, Rocky's not too bad. In fact, when we were in Chinchilla, if we had to wait for three cars, we were waiting a long time. So it was, we've had a quite a varied experience when it comes to waiting in traffic. But none of us really like waiting. And there's so many different ways we can wait. Yeah, we can wait at traffic lights. Um, anyone here sort of hate catching the red light and feel like that someone is out there controlling the red lights? I'm seeing some nodding and, and um, I'm not going to draw attention to anyone. Um, but doctor surgeries, um, like anyone got a doctor that they seem to have to wait forever for? My doctor is brilliant, so I have to say, like the doctor, even when I take the kids in the seam, I reckon we wait like maybe a minute or two and we're out of there. So it's been, I can, he's really good. But for some of us, it's not a really great thing. Um, some of us wait for babies to be born. Um, grandparents are sitting around going, okay, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Even when the, the, when the, the, the mother goes into the hospital, they're, they're waiting for the news. It's an exciting wait, but they're like, I'm waiting to hear about it. Um, sometimes we're waiting for our kids to grow up. Um, some, some wives are probably waiting for their husbands to grow up, and um, I'll just leave that one there. Um, some of us, anyone here ever done this where they are waiting, they, they have to get up early, and so their alarm clock is set, and then they wake up earlier and they actually are waiting for their alarm clock to go off. <laughs> They're going, oh, gonna, I'm just going to shut my eyes and get another fight. And, and so you end up waiting for an hour. That, that's so frustrating Like when you sort of go, I could have had an extra hour of sleep, but I'm waiting to, to wake up. Um, we can wait for dinner to cook. We can, we can wait on hold. That's, that's a fun one, isn't it, too? Waiting on hold. Um, and we can wait as we line up at the bank or shops. And some of us wait so long for holidays. Our family is so waiting for holidays. We're looking forward to it, but it is, it's a long, it's been a long time coming. Um, have you ever thought about how much you have to wait in life? There's actually a lot of ways that we wait. Um, um, even in our house, having six people, you have to wait to go to the toilet because there's usually a lineup. Um, and so when you get home from things, whoever's first, everyone else is sort of waiting. So, um, but the problem is, and as I was saying this earlier, the problem is that in our world, we've actually got an, sort of an idea saying, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. Um, you, can, you can have what you want right now. You, you see that everywhere. You go into a shop and say, oh, you've got all these different ways you can pay. It's not really your money, but you can have it now. You can have this car now. You can have these couches now. You can have the, this big TV now. But you can have it now. Buy now, pay later, is what they say. You don't have to wait. 
And and the thing is, even like, we've actually got a really... Anyone here ever been impatient while they've been waiting for fast food? Never? Um, the thing is, because we go, it's fast food, it's meant to be fast. And sometimes it's slow. And we don't want it to be slow. We, we've actually sort of gone into this culture saying, do you know what, we don't have to wait for anything, I want things now. Yeah, it's not patient. And the thing is, though, but that, that transfers then into our, our spiritual patience. Because the thing is, spiritually then, we want things to happen now. And even some of those spiritual things are still, they can be practical things, but we want answers to prayer now. God, I want to know who I'm going to marry now. I want to know where I'm going to live now. I want to know what job I'm going to have now. I want to know when this problem is going to be gone now. And the thing is, we actually become impatient in our in the spiritual sense. And this is where we're going to be looking at our message this morning. And so, as I said before, Habakkuk was a prophet of God, one of the minor prophets, around the end, around the same time as Jeremiah um, and uh, Amos, and he was towards the end of the kingdom of Judah. So, Josiah had been a, a good king, and then after him, his sons were horrible kings, and he would have been somewhere in that and that faith. And so, Habakkuk had been asking the question, "Why, God? Why is Israel?" allowed to continue on in their sin. How how can this injustice go? And God's answer, he actually said, I'm going to do something in your time that's never been done before. Now most of us, if we hear that verse from God, we go, oh, this is going to be fantastic. God is going to do something brand new. This is going to work out in my favour. But God turned around and says, I'm going to send the Babylonians, those horrible people, and they are going to punish Judah. Habakkuk's jaw spiritually dropped. Because all of a sudden he's going, I say, and so at the end of chapter one, you see this, this conversation that Habakkuk has with God. He says, God, okay, I can understand that you know everything. I understand that you are everlasting. But, yeah, Israel, Judah has been evil and sinful, but, okay, compared to Babylon, oh, they're nowhere near. They're not even close. And how are you going to use these people to come through and punish our, our own people. How, how can you do that? And God goes on to explain and, and how he says, well, Babylon will still be punished for the things that they do wrong. They are my instrument for judgment. And, and not only that, this is, and this is where we've got to sit back and see God has this bigger perspective that we talked about last week. All of a sudden, we've got, to have, got out of perspective saying, when Babylon comes through, I've got a plan in place that is going to bring my people back, not only to the land, but to me. And so, because after Habakkuk, we see a few interesting stories. We see Daniel, we see Ezekiel, um, we see um, Nehemiah, all sort of happen after this point. And there's a restoration of the people coming to God. And all of a sudden, the people of Judah realised that their God was actually even bigger than they thought to begin with. Because Judah, even though they believed that their God was the one God... Ezekiel, we get to Ezekiel, he was actually worried that God wouldn't meet him in Babylon because God was the God of Israel. That's where God lived. And the God was, it was at the temple and that's where God lived. And all of a sudden God showed up in major ways in Babylon. So much so it impacted this, this pagan king Nebuchadnezzar. Now Habakkuk didn't know any of this. God knew all of this. So he knew exactly what he was doing. But Basically, what we see in the start of um, chapter 2 is Habakkuk actually makes the decision saying, I, I'm going to wait 
for your answer, God. I'm going to wait on you. It's actually more, more than, it's a commitment to wait. And so I'm going to look at a couple of areas where in, in waiting for God, in waiting for God's answer and waiting for God's timing, we actually need to make a commitment. First of all, we need to um, commit to persevere. Commit to persevere. Um, I suppose it's sort of like um, you start a diet one day, but the night before I'm going to sort of clean out all the junk out of the fridge so I'm not tempted tomorrow. Like, oh, there's chocolate and there's, ooh, what else is in there? What's in the freezer at least? Like, well, that's not really committing to persevere in your diet. It's, it's sort of going, I'm, I, I'm, my, my willpower is so small, I won't be able to, I've got to get my fix now. And there's other things that we've got to commit to as well. Sometimes we've got to commit to persevere in our studies or commit to persevere in, in getting work done in our workplace or, or commit to um, persevere in, in looking after our health. The thing is, we see in Habakkuk 2.1, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. Now, Habakkuk here is using some imagery that might be a little bit lost on us. Anyone got a watchtower in their house? No? No. So a watchtower was basically, uh, well, around a lot of cities you'd have a wall, and even if you didn't have a walled city, you would often have a watchtower. Now, a watchtower was either something that was built on top of the wall that would have a greater sight. You'd be no, nothing in the way at all. And their job was to see anyone who was coming, whether they be enemies or friends or strangers. And they would bring warning of them coming. Oh, we've got traders coming. And so people would open up the gate. Oh, there's an enemy coming. We'll shut the gate and we'll get the army up on the, on the walls of the, of the city. And so basically he's making a decision to say, I'm going to put myself in a place where I can watch for God to move. I'm going to have no things that are going to distract me. I'm going to have no things in my line of sight. And so basically he was determined to wait for God. Now some of us wait for God because in a, in a cranky state, we're just, we're just like, oh, we've got no other choice but to wait for God to move. Well, no, Habakkuk was a, was a different attitude altogether. I am going to wait for God and I'm going to wait for his answer. I want to see it and I don't want to miss it. I can't say I can mirror that attitude all the time as I wait for God. I do the, God has showed up sort of attitude quite well, but that, that commitment to see God working and waiting on that to work, it's not as there, there as often as I'd, I'd like. He was not going to stand on the wall or, or climb the tower in a way of saying, what he was doing was climbing up there. He was saying, I'm in this for the long haul if necessary. Some of us, when we wait, we are in a hold on mentality. I've just got to hold on. I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth kind of thing. Again, not Habakkuk. He has actually made a decision. I'm going to climb up on watchtower and I am going to wait as long as it takes for God to show up. Now, that that's more than patience. I, I call it aggressive patience. And you don't actually hear those two words together too often, do you? Aggressive patience. I'm going to be here when God shows up. For us, it becomes a couple of applications though. Are we as determined as Habakkuk to seek God? Do we have that same determination to say, do you know what? I'm going to have my quiet time every day so that I have an opportunity to hear from God. I'm going to be at times, I'm going to have times of prayer. I'm going to, to, to be at church because I'm expecting God could say something that day. I'm determined to be there. 
I'm going to surround myself with other Christians who might speak a word of God in my life. And I'm determined to speak up for God so that others around me may hear it as well. Are we determined to seek God? See, in that determination to know God and who He is and His will for us and, our, and His will for our church, we should be passionate and not just going with the flow. Like, have you ever tried to swim up river or against the flow? Like, you actually get some of these lap, well, they're called lap pools, and basically what it is is a huge force of water blowing out these jets, and you just sit in the pool and you swim against it. Now, if you swim too slow, you, you hit the back wall, which is only a few metres behind you, but if you swim it fast enough, you actually swim against the current and you exercise. Now, river is a lot bigger than that, like, um, and so you've got to go, if you want to go, not go down the waterfall, you've got to paddle real hard. You've got to go against the flow. But again, sometimes in life, physically, practically, and sometimes spiritually, we just kind of go with the flow. I hope to pick up what God wants to show me, but I'm not going to really put any work into it. And we're not in a place when God shows up. When God wants to show us himself, we're caught out. And so we need to to be careful that we are determined and passionate to to wait on God ourselves. So we we need to commit to, to persevere. We also need to commit to watch. Um, now Habakkuk was up on that watchtower um, and he wasn't just sort of sitting there going I'm going to wait up here until an army shows up or wait up here until God shows up I'm going to watch I'm going to be looking out and as you sit on the watchtower you would be constantly looking around you for something that's about to happen in fact if you didn't do that if that was your job as a guard in the watchtower and you didn't do that some, some cultures would have killed you because you failed to execute such a primary duty. And so Habakkuk is taking this serious. He's committed to watch. And so again we pick up Habakkuk 2.1. So I've already read, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts or uh, on, the, on the watchtower. I will look to see what he will say to me. I will look to see what he will say to me. I'm, I'm expecting God at some point in time. I'm expecting and I'm... I am wanting to hear from him. Now this is, remember Habakkuk is this conversation that he's having with God. Habakkuk has already said his piece. He's now waiting for God's answer. Now this becomes really important because the prophet has not only made a commitment to wait on God, but also to look for his will and his answer. He's committed to staying alert. Um, he's committed to hearing from God. And then this becomes the key here. He is committed to hearing what God has to say. Caleb's not here so I can talk about it. Caleb loves coming and asking me a question. But then the answer I give, I won't even be finished it because I, I'm already going in a direction he doesn't want me to go in. Can I have some bickies? Can I have some chocolate? No. And then I go and explain when he can have it but he doesn't get there. He'll just storm off to his room, but I want chocolate now. Well, mate, I'm about to tell you when you can have chocolate. I'm about to tell you when you can do that. Now, none of us would do that, would we? We wouldn't do that with God. Um, we want to sort of throw our, like, our toys down and storm off to our spiritual bedrooms. Um, somebody's not really committed like to, like, you, some of you are going, yeah, that is me. Like, um, yeah, that's, I do that. But sometimes we, yeah, God gives us an answer that we don't want. And then, and the thing is, we, even though in our head we say, God, I know you're 100% right. God, I know that you are all wise. I know that you know everything. But on this case, you're wrong. 
When we actually have our spiritual tantrum, that's what we are saying. But are we able to get to a point like Habakkuk where we are committed to hearing what God has to say for us, even if it goes against something that we've got hold so dearly? It might be something that I'm, this is, I can't let this go. But God says, well, you need to let this go because if you don't let this go, this won't happen. If you hang on to this, I won't be able to give you this. And God's saying, he's wanting to say something to you. Are we open to that? Are we willing to hear from God, even if the answer is not what we imagined or wanted? And are we willing to wait on God to show us the real answer? And are we looking for what God wants um, us to say or wants what he wants to say to us? Are we looking for that? Or finally, as we um, come to come down a little bit further in the passage, so we've got it. We could commit to persevere, commit to watch. So Habakkuk is waiting. God, he's asked his questions of why in chapter one. God says now wait, and Habakkuk is now waiting. But then what we need to know, and again we've talked about this today, we've got to know that God will come through. Know that God will come through. We've got to be assured that is that is the case because sometimes we think that because God hasn't acted yet, God won't act at all. And again, if that's what we believe about God, God is, I suppose, subjective in his power, or he's subjective to us anyway. God, I only believe in if you act right now in my favour right now. Now, if he's a God that responds to our whims and wishes, it doesn't make him a God, it makes him a genie. Now, if you want to worship a genie, you worship someone that's at your beck and call, worship someone who is actually limited by your wisdom and your knowledge and your compassion and your grace, go ahead. I want to worship someone that is beyond me. I want to give honour to someone that knows more than what I do. I want to worship someone that is able to lead me in the right ways of life. And so we actually need to come to a point where we say, no, God, I know it's not happened yet. The triumph, the triumph is still on its way, but I know that God will come through. In Habakkuk 2, verse 3, it says, and this is God speaking to Habakkuk now. It says, this vision is for a future time. So Habakkuk is already up on the top waiting, and God says, it's still coming. He doesn't say it's coming soon. It is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, again... Not encouraging there, but then these are the next words. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. It's funny, he's got those last words, it will not be delayed. But God has actually said, um, if it's a future time, um, it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently, it won't be delayed. How can that it won't be delayed be true if you've got to wait patiently? Well, this is, I'll get to that. So, well, first of all, we pick up in that verse a couple of just absolute certain statements. It will be fulfilled. Have anyone ever said, like, if someone asks you for a hand, oh, can you mean, oh, I hope to be able to help you out, and that hope doesn't become reality? Some people say, oh, I hope to, well, maybe they borrowed money, but I'm hoping to pay you back next week, and that doesn't become a reality. Um, I, I hope to sort of show up and, 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 and do this for you, but it doesn't become a reality. Well, God doesn't actually say, I hope I'll, I'll be able to do it. It says, no, it will be fulfilled. It's a definite statement. He then goes, it will surely take place. And then he says, it will not be delayed. Now, when God has to kind of repeat himself three times, I think he's trying to make a point to us in saying that, hey, guys, don't worry, I've got this. 
God will come through. And in fact, when it says it will not be delayed, it's not talking about God acting with speed because of our impatience. It's saying that his timing will not be put off. Again, God, God is right 100% of the time. His timing is spot on. And so when it happens, that's God's timing for it. He won't be put off. It, won't, it will not be delayed. So we've got to know this for truth as we are, are, are growing in this relationship with God. So again, last week, doubt is not a problem because it can help grow your faith. But again, I suppose the inactivity of God in your life right now does not diminish who God is. Because all those things I've just said are true. God is a God who won't let us down. So, as we wrap up today, though none of us really like to wait, I don't think I've convinced any of us, going, let's, let's be happy about waiting. Anyone sort of change that? They're happy to go wait in traffic today? No one? Um, anyone happy to go wait in, in, in a line at, at Macca's for half an hour getting your food? No one? No one? I, I didn't think I would. But the thing is, when it comes to waiting, even as part of our spiritual life, we need to remember that God is moving in his time. He's not going to be stopped, but the other thing is true, he's not going to be sped up. And, and sometimes we put a lot of effort into praying for God to speed up. Anyone ever prayed for God to speed up? Because we kind of go, God, I just, I can't see my way out of this. And God's saying, that's okay, I can. But, but God, I can't see, I just want to know, like, if you can just light this path here for the next 10 kilometers so I can see which way I need to walk. And God, no, I've, I've, I'm up, I'm up here, I know which way you've got to go. And that's how it can go. We can pray around in circles using different words and, 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 and different situations, but we kind of go, well, God, I'm, I, I can't rest in you knowing that you are in control. See, the thing is, we, we need to be ready to be perseverance, persevering in our, our patience and committing to, our, to persevere. We, we need to actually be committed to watching for God. Now again, sometimes we are not even a place. So you, you, we, skip, we skip the first part of what Habakkuk did. He went to a place where he would be able to see coming. Some of us don't even get to that place. We're saying, I'm committed to, to wait for God to hear from God and our TV is blasting, our newspapers are in front of us, um, friends take over our lives, our social life and Facebook are filled with all this other stuff and God is showing up, he's speaking to us and we're just not in a place to hear him. So this first step, we've got to get into a place where we are passionately, aggressively patient. We are ready to expect and to hear from God. So sometimes that will be, okay, I've got to be at church. I've got to get in a small group. I've got to get into my own Bible in my own time and actually see God that way. It might be seeking encouragement from Christian friends. It might be doing something that God is telling you to do but you are really resistant to do. And God says, oh no, go there and you will hear from me. Be ready and you will receive what I have for you. We need to commit to persevere. We need to commit to watch. And we need to know the truth that God will come through. So if you are facing a situation right now in your life, I want want you to hear these words. God will come through for you. God will come through. It may not be today though. It may not be tomorrow. But commit to persevere. Commit to watch. Commit to wait for him. Because God will not let you down.
I know it can be hard in the waiting. I know it can be hard in the uncertain times. But this is the journey of Habakkuk and it becomes a lesson for us as well that we can grow deeper in our trust with God if we are willing to go through this journey with him. Let's just take a moment to pray. Lord, I thank you that you are God who is present even in those times of uncertainty. I thank you that you are a God that is always going to come through. Give us patience waiting for your timing. Let us be actively waiting for your answers. Let us be open to hearing your answers to us. And Lord, I pray that um, you would be willing to, I suppose, show a glimpse of yourself to those who have been waiting for a long time. To, to come to a place where you would just boost their faith in you. I pray for those who have been waiting a long time that you would keep them going even another day and another day. But Lord, I, I praise you even now for the times that you will show up in our lives, in our country, in our church, where we will be able to look and say, this is the time that God has shown up. God has come through. It has been fulfilled. It has not been delayed. God has come through for us. And we look expectantly forward for when you do move in such a way around us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.